All right, so today we're going to be looking at the helmet of salvation, Ephesians 6, 17. Just a forewarning, there are going to be a lot of verses, because I did, and there was a lot of verses that came with this. I expected, when I dove into it, I thought it was going to be just a couple verses here and there. It was a lot more than I thought it was going to be, so we're looking at each one. So starting off um, in the beginning of Ephesians 6, 17, just like with the... Um, it talks about taking, so Ephesians 6, 13 to 14, uh, talks about, uh, the armor to have, uh, such as the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, or the combat boots of, uh, the peace, um, to provide a standing foundation, whereas now we're looking at things that we need to take with us as we go. Uh, looking at the helmet. In the ancient world, it was usually a leather cap studded with metal for extra strength. Often some kind of plume of decoration was added, uh, perhaps to identify the soldier to his regiment. Uh, the helmet protected the head, always a major target in battle. Just go figure there. Looking at, uh, then comes the, the fun part here, which is uh, of salvation. Uh, Paul is speaking to those who are already saved, and is therefore not speaking here about attaining salvation. Rather, Satan seeks to destroy a believer's assurance of salvation with his weapons of doubt and discouragement. This is clear from Paul's reference to the helmet as the hope of salvation. Uh, that's found in uh, Isaiah 59, 17, where it talks about, for he put on his on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love at his uh, helmet, the hope of salvation. Uh, John MacArthur said, uh, The helmet is always associated with salvation and its future aspects. Our future salvation is guaranteed Nothing can take it away. Uh, Romans thirteen eleven it says, Do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now salvation is nearer than we first believed. Which leads me to my first question, which is, uh, why do you think Satan seeks to destroy a believer's assurance of salvation? Why do you think that's his main goal? Like Paul, like Paul was saying, Paul was talking about, you know, basically, or John MacArthur was talking about, you know, our future salvation is guaranteed. Um, uh, but why do you think, why do you think that that would be, support? why do you think that Satan's attack would be to, I guess, discourage us, uh, dissuade us, or try to make us feel that our salvation is not assured? Well, he wants as many of us as he can in, in hell with him, for sure. And... I think he targets Christ's fault more than anybody because he already knows that they have their truth in Christ. So if he can change that, he's won. Yeah. So uh, that's what I think. Where is Ephesians? Ephesians is deep, man. Deep, deep in just there. Um, it's a short little chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. I've been thinking about, you know, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but I've been going through uh, 
We've done the Pilgrim's Progress for kids at the Barnes and Noble. And uh, it's basically rewritten John Bunyan's book that he wrote in prison is rewritten for kids, which is pretty awesome. Um, but one thing that I was looking at was there's a part where Pliable chases after little Christian uh, because you know, he decides to stand up and follow after uh, Christian and gets to the slew of despond and gets caught and gets frustrated, gets angry and says this way is not for me basically and then leaves and goes back and is thinking about you know, the certain salvation, like you're saying, I think that Satan targets people who either are saved or or feel that they're saved or I'm good enough or whatever. Just simple fact that because if you can discourage you or uh, in Pilgrim's Progress that we just covered, there's a part that's uh, a demon called self. And that's one thing that he attacks. Little Christian is all the different things he went through. You did this, you did this, you did this, you're not worthy of, you know, especially your city because you fell and you did this wrong and you, you know. And I think that, I mean, I know in my life when he discouraged you and make you feel worthless, that's, to me, that's how he gets in. Because it's not the big sins, it's the small things that he hits us with. Well, and the scary thing about that too is, the reason he goes after Christ followers is because he knows that the people that gather around them are usually Christ followers as well. Yeah. So if you tank that one, you can actually infect. It's like a water source. Yeah. You know, and that person could bring multiple people down. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's why he goes after Christians and people of faith and people that have their truth in Christ he goes after them more yeah. because he's already got the other people in this world Yeah, because they're not Christ followers yeah but when they choose to follow then it's like the attack comes in exactly um, Romans 13 11 talks about awaking out of sleep what do you think what do you think in Romans 13 11 what you get is do this knowing the time that now is it is high time to awake out of sleep for now, our salvation is there than when we first believed. What do you guys think, in your opinion, what it means by awakening out of sleep? He's taking you from a sin, sinful person into a new creation. Uh, when your life converts to following Christ, it's like he says, you're, you're being reborn in Christ. So that's your awakening. Yeah. And you actually are now awake and your eyes are open. Yeah. Well, other that too is also like talking about how our salvation is near when we first believed in the way the, uh, the salvation portion, but also just in, like the world is more evil now than it ever was before. I mean, remember Paul, I mean, Paul's day he was put in prison because of what his life choices were. And most of the time he wrote his, the word, his Bible, his different verses and chapters and all that from prison and chains. And I think that my opinion to waking out of sleep also along with the salvation message is, you know, it's time to wake up. Like it's time to like open your eyes, realize that our salvation, Christ's coming is closer than it was, you know, a few days ago or a month ago or a year ago. Uh, so yeah. What are the dangers do you guys think of not waking, of not realizing? That? 
spend eternity in hell. And the fact is, if you keep turning your back on Christ and, and you keep denying God, he says he'll harden your heart to where you cannot love me anymore. That's scary. Yeah. That someone denies Christ so much and is so... Hatred has so much hatred towards him that God's like, okay, now you can't love me. Yeah. Imagine what that feel like, not being able to love God no more. Well, I mean, you're pretty much, you're, your life is pretty much, you know. Pointless. Yeah. You're, you have meaningless, meaningless life now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, to not awaken is to not uh, not fulfill your purpose for, for God, not to, not to you know, walk in the plan that he set for you. So if you never awaken, then, uh, yeah, like you just said, pointless. What are you doing here if you're not living for God? Yeah. Well, Pastor David talked about on Sundays. Like we're not, we have the answer. I think my wife told me too. It's like we have the answer to, you know, for, for the world. Like we have, if somebody's sick and dying and you have the medicine for them, you know, what are you doing? Gotta save as many as we can. Yeah. So, but uh, but although a Christian's feeling feelings about his salvation may be seriously damaged by Satan-inspired doubts, uh, his salvation itself is eternally protected, and he not need not fear its loss. Satan wants to curse the believer with doubts, but the Christian can be strong in God's promises of eternal salvation in Scripture. Uh, here's where we kind of dive deep. So. First verse is John 6, 37 to 39. And we're still talking about, uh, we're diving deep into is God's promises about our salvation, about how we are, there's nothing that can separate us from God. What was that verse again? John 6, 37 to 39. So it says here, all that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of, my fa of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. A few chapters after John 10, says John 10, 28 to 29, uh, which is, this verse is awesome, but it says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then, uh, I think it says chapter in verse 30, I and the Father are one, I believe it is. I found that one interesting because just a few verses, I believe before 27 in uh, John, it's when the the Israelites, the Jews, asked Jesus to ask them to prove who he says he is. I think it is. Let me just go there really fast. Because I don't like to pretend or act like I don't know what I'm talking about here. But most of the time I don't. But in this situation, I'm going to look here. So, yeah, they picked up Snoyak. Yeah, because after that, they stoned him. What I just find interesting was in verse 27, uh, verse 26 in John 10, talks about how Jesus mentions that the, his sheep hear his voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and know them, no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
And what's just interesting is before then, the Jews asked him to prove who he says he was. And it just, it's, I don't know, what you guys, but like in that verse there, just those two verses there, that there's nothing that can snatch us out of God's hands. That it doesn't matter where you are in life, how you feel about yourself, you know, it's just reassurance for me because many times in my life through the suicide letters, through the choices I made in my life, through being beaten down, you know, um, it's just a nice reassurance that there's nothing that can take me out of God's hands. What do you think about that, Landon? Um, it's kind of hard for me right now because um, I'm watching uh, I'm watching the person that I grew up with uh, just my dad has been super super into the church and just loved God his whole life and the last four or five years here with my mom getting sick he's just fell off and uh, we had a conversation the other day and you know kind of typical boy conversation and and I was telling him about this cute girl I saw at the gym and how we were talking and then he's like he said some just something real raunchy and I just kind of looked at him and I was like you're not my dad like that my yeah. dad would my dad would yeah. slap me upside the head for saying something like that yeah and I kind of just laughed it off and I thought about it longer and longer and and then he goes, you know, oh, you can't be saying stuff like that because you're a church boy now. And I looked at him like, just shocked. Yeah. And I was talking to my sister about it. And she's like, that just showed you that he doesn't feel like he belongs in the kingdom of God anymore. And you, he feels like you do. And I was like, I feel and will always yeah. feel very unworthy of the kingdom of God. Yeah. But the the... The driving force my whole life to to get a better relationship with him, and now it's I, I've really taken it up my own again. But it, it's so weird to see both sides of it, where it's like you're hearing this and you're going, "I know you got him, God. Just don't let him go. Yeah, Just don't let him go. Yeah, soften his heart. It'll be okay. Yeah, you know, but." It is so weird it's to be see, tough. see the, the black and white of it where I I am so in love with, with God and seeing him who was so in love with God off of one event of his life, it's just become so bitter and hard to life. And there's no joy. Uh, it breaks my heart. Uh, I have faith that it'll come back. Yeah. Um, but it makes me worry that was his faith ever true? Will he make it? Yeah. You know, and then did I grow up in false faith? Did yeah. I grow up in, in, a, in religion versus faith? Yeah. You know, and so it's, it, I see these, I see this scripture lived out frequently. And yeah. It's, it's weird. It yeah. Is, it's really weird. Uh, well, you could look at it like, he brought you to Christ. Now it's time for you to bring him back to Christ. And that's maybe God's given you an opportunity to get with your dad and try to get him back into the truth, which he knows the truth because he's been there. Yeah. It's he not like it's new to him, yeah. you know, and 
coming from someone that's dealt with a lot of death in my life, it's hard to to not want to blame God right off the bat, for sure. It's the hardest thing, especially when you're dealing with a loved one. Um, my dad uh, lost my mom two years ago, and they were married 45 years. And I've continuously watched him just, he doesn't deny God. He doesn't blame God. Of course, in the beginning, he did, for sure. But he also knows his saving grace is he's going to see her again. Yeah. So why be why be bitter at God for, for taking a loved one or taking someone that meant something to you? You know, when you have that time, you got to use it to try to, like I said, save as many as you can and bring the ones back that were there already. You know, because there's a lot of Christians out there right now that are struggling and the devil's around us everywhere and more so these days than, than it has been. As soon as he took God out of this country is when Satan penetrated earth and said, take us out. Now it's my yeah, turn. Yeah. And he started just taking people to his side. Yeah. And I think also just with your, with that two line, it's like, it just shows that your, your faith is built in the right stuff because you're worried about stuff that your heart is. I mean, reading the screw tape letters, it's not like you're saying, it's not little things. Leading the screw tape letters uh, to warm one and all that, which has been eye-opening for me. Sometimes it hurts my brain, but um, just a lot of the stuff he says is just little things here and there, little sins, little little things that come in, little doubts, little discouragements that sneak in and get a hold of you and grab a hold of you, and before you know it, that's all you think about. But it's benefit to you because your your heart's in the right place, and I think you have, your faith is built on the right thing because you're worried and you're like thinking about stuff like that but if you weren't worried and you weren't concerned then obviously just from my point of view so that'd be scary if you weren't concerned yeah like oh i'm good my dad's good you know but um let's see here looking at uh she's got dementia she's going into stage seven right now one of the last and so yeah it's and it's, it is what it is. There's no, there's no slowing down. You know, it's like every day is a new, harder battle than the last. And I, I don't blame him at all because I've, I've walked away from my faith for way less. So I don't blame him, but it breaks my heart seeing it happen. No, I, I'm just saying there, there's a program out there called Great Care that that helps. For when somebody dies, but in that situation, it'll help too. Yeah. So if you can get him into that, okay. well, I'll look that up. Look, look that up. And it'd probably help your dad too. I just told my dad to get out and read the Bible, shoot his guns. <laughs> that helps. I mean, it does. That's. Goes up to my sister's house, yeah. and goes through, walks through her garden, and picks all the vegetables. Some of fired guns and uh, camping, yeah. fired everything guns that gets and us, you know. I mean, gets us out, it man. It's it's just, yeah. It <laughs> doesn't take much, man. It doesn't take, like, fishing or whatever. It's just like, hey. you see a guy in front of a boat with the fishing pole, and, like, he lets you go over his entire life story in less than five minutes. So. Hey, we got faith, firearms, fire. <laughs> all the F's. <laughs> Forging. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. I got them all covered. Yeah, exactly. Not good at any of them, but I got them. Hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, matter, man. <laughs> you don't need to be good at everything. That's just right. Just, 
You don't have to be great portion. at one thing, just be good at everything. Yes, <laughs> just know enough to get by. Uh, and, uh, this verse here, First Peter 1, 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Um, it's like, you know, just being reminded, just I never tire of the resurrection story. The, 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 what, just being reminded of what God did for us from the Jews and Gentiles breaking down the walls, calling, calling those who are far away and those who are close by. Just, you know, just remember what, what exactly he did. It's just an amazing story. Um, leading to the next part that, you know, what I love about the, this ver last verse indicates how we are saved. It is not through works or being a good person, but by the power of God through faith for salvation. Um, it's like nowadays, especially with like, you know, people having their own truth or, or your truth, this is my truth. Um, I'm a good person. You know, I've done this, that. I've walked, you know, my grandma crossed the street 45,000 times, whatever it is. People's, people's envision of what, what saves you, I guess, has changed. You know, and why do we go to church every day? What was the, what's the purpose of going to church? And it's just, yeah. So, uh, one thing that, one thing that somebody, uh, I think John MacArthur put down, security is a fact, assurance is a feeling that comes to an obedient Christian. Um, first, uh, first Thessalonians 5.8 speaks to the helmet of salvation in connection to the hope of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects us against discouragement, against the desire to give up, giving us hope not only knowing that we are saved, but that we are we will be saved. It is the assurance that God will triumph. Um, but yeah, so and it talks about one of Satan's most effective weapons against us is discouragement. When we are properly equipped with the helmet of salvation, it's hard to stay discouraged. So what do you say, what would you say to somebody who's, you know, been going to church, who is like in a situation, whose dad has lost his salvation, doesn't feel, you know, feels that he's not saved, feels that he doesn't deserve heaven. What do you say to somebody like that? That's like the, the verse you just read, you know, your, your salvation is through faith, not of works, yeah. so that no man can boast about it. Yeah. So no matter what you do, your, your salvation is, I think, I've, I've struggled with salvation a lot, and the question I always come up with is, can you know, people say, once you're saved, you're always saved. Yeah. And I, I, I think you can give up your salvation. I, I don't think you're, you have a take, you can't have it taken away from you. You can give it up. And I think that's the big, big struggle a lot of people have. Is, um, they say, well, I'm, I'm, because I, didn't do this or I didn't do that or I 
that uh, I've given up my salvation. Yeah. And no, you haven't. Yeah. It, it's got to be a a, a a conscience choice to do that. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. And I think that's where you can talk to people and say, "Hey, just because you, you know, got back into drugs or got back into porn or got back into whatever, yeah." You, you didn't give up your salvation. Yeah. You're, you're, you're still, still just safe. straight. Yeah. You're straight off the path. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why you kind of deal with that. Yeah. I know, you know, I've never heard of that said once saved, always saved kind of a thing. And there's been verses back and forth about people who do or don't believe that or whatever. And, you know, like I said, my wife and I had a discussion, like you're saying, you know, there's, if you accept Christ, unless you can, you turn your back. Completely and totally, you're never quite. You're never truly shut off, unless you shut yourself off. Closing um, out here, Matthew Henry said, "Salvation must be our helmet, a good hope of salvation, a scriptural expectation of victory, will purify the soul and keep it from being defiled by Satan." Uh, John Wesley said. The head is the part which is most caref most carefully to be defended. Our one stroke here may prove fatal. The armor for this is the hope of salvation. And I just see it like over and over again, it's hope. It's that hope message. The hope of salvation. And just, you know, having that faith and hope wrapped into one. If they're always tied together, Paul, Paul I mean, John puts them together, Paul put them together. Um, it's always interesting how they both are together all the time. It's just interesting. And see, I, th I think that Satan works on the on the hope part of it it's instead of the knowledge that you are. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's where he. Yeah. Well, I think that, and you better hope you're saved. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, I am saved. Yeah, exactly. And that change, change that mindset. I think that's in the Pilgrim's Progress where there's a part where. I think Christian sees himself in a cage, just repeating, no hope, I have no hope, I have no hope. And that's where I think Satan wants a lot of people to be is like, you have no hope. There's no, and there's no hope for you. You're done. It's over. You've done, this is the, how many different, here's the different things you've done. Look at you now, kind of a thing. So, yeah. You know what the most irritating thing is? Is the truth of Christ is, it's pretty easy. For us, I guess. But, I mean, what easier way to have eternal life than to just put your faith in Christ? You only got to do one thing. Yeah. I mean, your job requires you to do more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so easy, yet people want to argue the fact. And when there's plenty of proof over history that Christ was a real man. Yeah. He died and was put in the tomb. They know where the tomb is. Yeah. You know? All these things are are being proven. And the crazy thing is a lot of these things are being proven now in these times that are way worse off than they ever were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just so happens that all this stuff is starting to pop up. Oh, well, what about this? What about this? Oh, we just checked it out and it's 100% accurate. Yeah. It's like, and to put your faith in God, what else do you have to lose? Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it, 
it's annoying to me because I can't reach some people and I want to. And it's tough because they always want to argue with you. You know? And it's hard to just say, well, you know, hey, check this out. I know what my truth is and either yeah. you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven. Yeah. There's only two ways to look at it. Yeah. Well, we don't believe in hell. Okay, well, hey, that's... It's your choice, yeah. But you can't just go turn your back and walk away from them. Yeah. You go, no, this, this is what you need to check this out. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's just they're relentless to push back. And that's it. That's definitely dwelling in this world right now. Yeah. I think, I think when people put it in the heaven and hell context, I think it's like a, a point that's later on in life. Like it's a future event. Right. right? So I don't have to worry about that till later on. But the reality is, is it's like... It's at every day, right? Like yeah. every day we're all doing stuff. We're like working literally like in this world, right? And so if we do not have salvation and we do not have that hope, everything that we do is not glorifying God. And that's where the principalities and like all those parts come in because it's a, it's a mind game. Because either you're doing something that is absolutely right in God and God knows it and you know it or you think you're doing right and you're not you're just completely blind and it's either pleasing it. to god or not yeah. that's i mean and that's that's why it's so frustrating because it's just that simple it's either it is or it isn't yeah but people can't they want to have this little middle area that well maybe no 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 yeah. it's either yes or yeah. no yeah, exactly. either black or white yeah. people have a hard time with that and they yeah. want to say well what about the gray area yeah. there's, there's no, no such thing as gray area, area. Yeah, no that's just area. a black yeah. and a white mixed together yeah, yeah, yeah. no it don't work like that I got, I got did time. you kill the oh, guy or yeah. did you not kill the guy yeah. oh I got the I got, I got time did you cross the street or did you not cross the street I got time you know I got time oh, I'll get back I got time and like, it's like when's the last oh. time you crossed the street halfway yeah. and then turn back and walk backwards yeah. no I got time stuff like I'll get back to it I'll, I'll make my decision tomorrow I'll, it's like no like Garvin talks about you don't know it's at hand. We don't know. Like this, now, now it's time to wake up. Now it's time to realize there may not be tomorrow. You may not wake up tomorrow. You know, you I might be driving home today and some well, drunk guy in my hip. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be with yeah. wings and flying around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I know where I'm going, but it's I like, know where I'm going. But it's like but having having that hope where it's like you know you look around <laughs> today. The you know, hope is one thing that is sort of the miss of a lot of people's. And news, everybody else is like dying. It's like easy to get stuck on losing all hope in where you are. And it's like, it's because of Christ that I have the hope that no matter how bad the world gets, you know, I woke up this morning because God decided to give me breath. How am I going to choose to use it? Hey, you know, this world's going to pass away. <laughs> and we'll be either at the right hand of the Father. Or no. That's just, I mean, it's easy for us to believe that because yeah. of our truth and our faith. Yeah. But trying to relay that to a non believer, so it, difficult. It just makes you want to shake them. So right? Just, like, grab <laughs> them by the neck and smack them again to a wall. Like, God help them. Like, <laughs> grab the Bible. Next time, grab a Bible with you. Like, yeah, there you go. Power of the Word. Word. Just, <laughs> God bless you. But. Yeah. I have a buddy that is, uh, he was raised in a Christian home. His mother and father are very, very adamant about their kids being Christ followers. And 
they push it so hard on him that he's now an adult, and of course, now he's like, nope, I don't want no part of God. Like, I had to have part of God when I was a kid. I said, you know, it does suck that you felt like you had to and that you were forced to do something. Yeah. I said, but, and I'm trying to bring him back. I mean, I said, check this out. The best thing about it is you're already a child of God. Yeah. You just need to get back to him. Yeah. And he's like, well, this and that and this. And he has an argument for everything. Yeah. And those are one of the guys who want to shake him against the wall, you know? Like, wake up, get back to your faith. Yeah. And you want to know why your life's such a piece of crap right now? Because you're not walking with God. Yeah. You're not putting Christ first. Your marriage is going down the turd flusher. Okay. Why do you think that's happening? Yeah. Put Christ at the center of your relationship. And he'll help you work through that. Yeah. Then you put your your faith back in Christ, and he'll get your life back on track and on the back road, on the road that he meant for you to be on. Yeah. You have two roads. You either have God's choice for you, or you yeah. have your stupid choice. Yeah. We all tend to go our stupid choice. Yeah. Because God's is is too hard at the time. Yeah. Because we can't go have that fun. We can't go drink. We can't go do this. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's not saying that you can't. Yeah. You just can't do it in excess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to bonus progress. With Being the a Christian yeah. ain't bad. It isn't like it's hard. Like yeah. you can't do anything. You got you got to stay inside. You can't go to the river. You can't go to yeah. the lake because there's girls in bikinis. No, it's go out and be a Christ follower and tell the truth about God. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have fun in Him. Yes. And then when people see that kind of fun that. We're all having as a group. They're like, oh, I wonder what they got. We got yeah. Christ. Yeah. And once you get the Holy Spirit in your life, let me tell you, it's a lot more fun than you than you think it is without him. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee you. Yeah. I've had more fun since I came back to Christ and basically gave my life back to him. Um, you know, we got baptized as little kids and stuff like that. But if you think about it, we don't really know what we're doing. We were just going to get dunked in water. You know? Yeah. I got baptized at six years old. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. That's why I'm getting baptized in August. Rededicate my life. And people are like, well, you already baptized. You don't need to get baptized again. I said, no, but that's me rededicating my life to Christ and having him wash me pure again. Because I sure as heck haven't been the way I need to be. Yeah. Guaranteed. And I struggle with it every day. But... That's why he saves. You ask for forgiveness. He's a loving but vengeful God. Yeah. He'll get your attention if he wants it. Yeah. And everybody knows it, but they just don't pay attention. Which is interesting how people want to look at the New Testament God and don't remember the Old Testament God. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, how, oh, God's how, loving how you and he's merciful. Because it was foretold yeah. back here. Yeah. That's what I'm like the other day. It's just amazing the whole crucifixion, his whole life. How it's you all look back, back here. Back, it's Isaiah all back here. and Psalms, and it's like prophesied everything he did was according to what was already written before he even came to yeah. earth to begin with. Right. So, awesome. When I was growing up, I always had a fear of getting baptized because I thought the guy was just going to keep me under. <laughs> Power of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm good now. I'm good. I'm safe. I'm going to get up now. 
Here I come, God. <laughs> need a little more water. Come home. Yeah, you need to be dunked under a few times. Get start tapping. I'm good. Um, and then, uh, it says there are several actions a believer can take to keep this helmet fastened and functioning. Number one, renew our minds. Our minds are battlefields. The outcomes of those battles determine <coughs> the course of our lives. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm. Uh, instructs us to renew our minds by allowing the truth of God's word to wipe out anything contrary to it. Old ideas, opinions, worldviews must be replaced. We must allow God's truth to continually wash away the world's filth, lies, and confusion from our minds and adopt God's perspective. Number two, reject doubts that arise from circumstances. Human beings are sensory creatures. What we cannot fathom with our five senses, we tend to disregard. If we allow them to, circumstances may convince us that God does not really love us or that his word is not true. Hmm. It is impossible to have faith and doubt at the same time. God rewards our faith. With the helmet of salvation firmly in place, we can choose to believe what appears impossible. Hebrews 11:6. And without faith it is possible to without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know or not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Hmm. Number three, keep an internal perspective. When life crashes in around us, we must remember to look up. Our salvation is most is the most precious gift we have received. Keeping our eyes on that can help us weather life storm, weather life storms. We can choose to live our lives by the motto: "If it doesn't have eternal sac significance, it is not important." Number four: Remember that victory is already accomplished. Hmm. When we consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive in God, we eliminate many of the opportunities Satan uses to entrap us. When choosing sin is no longer an option for us, because we recognize ourselves to be new creatures, we effectively cut off many avenues of failure. And number five, find all our hope in him. Let's go Psalm seventy-three twenty-five. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. I like that verse. Hmm. Says, whom, I, whom have I in heaven but you? Besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Our helmet is the most effective when we treasure what it represents. The salvation Jesus purchased for us cannot share the place of importance, share the place of importance in our hearts with earthly things. Hmm. When pleasing the Lord is our supreme delight we eliminate many of satan's lures and render his evil suggestions powerless i've got questions man yes 
Got Questions is awesome. Great website. Oh, yeah. If you guys don't know about it, gotquestions.com. All you do is you throw in a word and it'll bring up any verse, every verse about it. Well, just ask just any question. You know, yeah. Just, just what is amazing. the of salvation? Yeah. What is, you know, about the truth? It sounds like that. You know, yeah. anything. Just put breastplate in there and it'll say, this is that. Breastplate. Yeah. Here you go. Here's all the verses that pertain to this. And it gives you, like, like and towards the bottom, it gives you different. And they do a video with a, uh, do, a pastor yeah. on there. He's it, a I really, really good pastor, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I've checked out some of his uh, videos. Very, very knowledgeable man. Is it an app or just a website? website. It's just a website. It's just yeah. gotquestions.org. Yeah. There's that. There's Once saved, always saved. Got questions? There, yeah. I just look it up every time. Of course. I, I, these things, I'm not. I call and make text, <laughs> take pictures. That's about it. They're like here, send me this uh, PDF in this file. I'm like, what's a what? Yeah. Show me. It's open. Get it. I'm gonna do it. Oh, there you go. Okay. Of course, all this guy in the group. Right, like, oh, you got to do this. You got to go here, and you got to do that. It's like what? <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, I was going to tell you when when you talk about gray area, you know where the gray area is? Non-existent. No, it's between your ears. Hey, that's yeah. right. Because that gets in the way. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> All right, so. Looking today at uh, Ephesians six seventeen, which is the final piece of the armor of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. So Ephesians six seventeen simply says, uh, "And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." Uh, looking at um, the Blue Letter Bible, uh, David Gusick's commentary uh, says here that the the idea is that the the Spirit provides a sword for you, and that sword is the Word of God. To effectively use the sword of the spirit, we can't regard the Bible as a book of magic charms or tie one around our neck the way that garlic is said to drive away vampires. So my question, the first question I got for you guys is, how can one see the Bible as like a, like almost like a, like a tied around my neck, like a, like a you know, a, like garlic or, or a book of magic charms? How could someone take that? As, how could somebody treat the Bible like that? And in what ways have you guys seen that? Like, Are you saying in a positive or a deleterious way? A bad way. How could somebody say, well, this is just a book of magic charms or a way toward evil? The um, Bible itself. I mean, how can that be seen that way, if that makes sense? Can I answer that from my own experience? Well, for you, dude. So, I think when I'm disobedient, the word of God that I know... <laughs> or the word of God that I'm learning isn't portrayed accurately. And so from other people's point of view, when I am being disobedient, I fail at sharing the word of God, the gospel. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, that's just that's just my two cents, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, really convicting. Yeah. <laughs> and the dangers of doing that are basically telling people what the devil likes to do, twisting the scripture or applying the scripture that is not correct to somebody's life. Uh, isn't that right out uh, of, like, the second chapter yeah, of James? Right. Like, if I mean, we're actually going to put ourselves in a position of being teachers, like, not many of you should be. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just... Yeah. Yesterday and the day before, I had a real convicting Bible study where God was like, dude, you need to be obedient because you're not providing a very good example. Yeah. That's definitely important and 
The other question is, you guys, is do you think the, the devil knows the Bible? Oh, back and front, forwards, backwards, and every yeah. which way. Yeah. And how Definitely. does he? How does he use That's it? That's how he, he yeah. uses it literally to get to the way that we view the world and. That's how he gets to us, is because he does it on a literal literal sense, not a spiritual sense. You know what I mean? What was that? He's a master deceiver. Well, nothing but lies. If he can convince one third of heaven's angels to pull that from, they're right here in God's presence. What kind of power is that? Yeah. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. So, like you're, you're right at the end of Ephesians six ten through eighteen. So I mean yeah. you're talking about Ephesians six, right? Yeah, Ephesians six. Uh, we do not wrestle 17. against the flesh and the blood, but yeah. it puts me out of that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's so crazy. It's exactly what happens. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> awesome. So uh, to effectively use the sword, we must regard it as the word of God, which is the which is the word of God. If we are not confident in the inspiration of Scripture. If the sword really came from the spirit, then we will not use it effectively at all. Um, just goes to show like how important it is to study, how important it is to dive into, you know, pick and choose, or you know, uh, especially with like you know these different topical, which is a question later, but these different topical churches that pick and choose the verses they want to talk about, or a little sections here, a little sections there. I mean, that's how I started back in the day was. Here's this little section of verse without reading the entire context of the actual chapter or reading before or reading after, but here's this little section of the verse here and I'm going to apply it to my life. And like having to realize, you know, things that happened to Paul back in the day can be applied to stuff that's happening to me today. You know, I'm not, unless I don't have a time machine so I can't go back in time. So, you know, just using the word of God and studying it and, and, you know, let God use it through me for his glory. So, 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 so I know I just showed up. You You're guys, good. But, like, I've been really convicted the last week. And I think right along with what you're saying, if you back up a little bit when it says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. And this is just what hit me. Um, it's, it doesn't say, shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. It says, put on your sandals with the preparation do your homework. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's where I fail. Because yeah. I don't spend as much time with, you know, the sword of the Spirit as I should. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. Right? And that yeah. preparation is where I fail. Yeah. What is a sword? It's a tool. Yeah. Right? You're not proficient with a tool. Or if you don't sharpen it. Yeah. You're useless. Yeah. You're not proficient with a tool. Efficiency of that tool is studying the Yeah, and with the Bible thing, like understanding that the Bible is a tool that we actually do need. Because mm-hmm. I've heard way too many times in my life we talk about like the devil knowing the Scripture. He can call it by a different name. It's, it's like uh, one of the people that I hate that she says, but like my sister, uh, she she says that like you only read the Bible and stay in the Bible because you're sheep. You don't actually need the Bible. It's not for you. I've been told that like my whole life by my sister. That's an interesting point of view. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you should just tell her, you know, hey, this is the most important book in the world. Yeah. If you can't figure that one out, yeah. I'm well, here to I'm here to, to guide you to it, but if you don't want to hear it, and she's like, you don't have to keep your working. life based on the Bible. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. No. 
So what do you say to the people who think that you know the word of God is a defensive, that the sword of the spirit is a defensive weapon? Well, it's offensive and in, uh, mm-hmm. defensive. Mm-hmm. You use it against the devil to ward off bad and evil, but you also use it to conquer as well by either leading pe- more people to Christ or planting a seed and letting God grow in them. Yeah. And yeah. you use it to check what yeah. your pastor is telling you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right? It's why we bring yeah. Bible to church. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and, and I, I think there's an exact, dude, it's just like, God was just clobbering me. Right? Um, I really want to, I'll come back to it. But, You're good, no worries. Um, he says, Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I really, really struggled with is, you know, me saying, well, I mean, if God's God and Christ is Christ, right, that's all great. He says he loves us and that's wonderful. But how come me as a man, why don't I feel that? Right. And one of the guys that I really respect, he said, hey, listen. Your brothers in Christ, which is why this right here is so important. <laughs> yeah. What I've been starting for. The love from you, the love from you, that is the tangible love of Christ that you receive. Yeah. Right? It, 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 it sounds so obvious, but it was like a paradigm shift that just hit me. Because it was like, dude, I can put this in my head. Right? Yeah. But when I live it with my heart, yeah. right? Not only am I trying to, like, like, if I even believe that I could, you know, be that for somebody else, but... Because of what you're saying, mm-hmm. Chris, like, mm-hmm. like, like, that is the love of God, yeah. right? What Ben says is the love of God, right? Yeah. And I get that tangible love of God through you guys, yeah. Which is why we're here. It's just, yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. Excites uh, me. Yeah. Uh, think of a soldier or a gladiator in training, practicing sword thrusts and moves and positions. Now you must practice them ahead of time. And if he is a superior fighter and has a great fighting instinct at the time of battle, he will instantly recall which thrust, which position suits the precise moment. He will never be able to use the thrust in the fight if he has not first practiced it. But he still needs to make the move at the moment. So the question I got is like, because I've always struggled with this is, how do you prepare yourself for those situations? Because I've seen videos, YouTube videos of, here's how you say to a Mormon, which is what you say to a Mormon when he comes to your door, or Jehovah's Witness when he comes to your door. And it's like, that's great to watch it, and it's a great video to see it, but when the when the when that thing happens, how do you prepare yourself for that when they come to your door? Like, how do you like how do you get how do you prepare yourself for when they come and knock on your door? What do you do? Like, that's my question. It's like, how do I prepare myself for that for that time? You immerse yourself in the word. Yeah, there's just the preparation. That's the tool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You immerse yourself into it, understand it, that'll come to you. You can't know memorize the script. It's going to trump the Word of God. Well, and I, I believe if you're also in the Word, you know, God will speak through you. Yeah. And He will make your words be known to others that you're a Christ follower. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not easy to. Uh, Disciple the word of God. It's not because people aren't receptive to it anymore. Yeah, everybody's trying to get away from it. You know, because the devil's dwelling on the earth right now. Yeah, 
and in force. Yeah. Even when we challenge each other as brothers in Christ. Right. Yeah. 100%. And that's even more so when we challenge each other. Yeah, and I think there's, if you know the Word of God, there's an element of grace that comes with it. Like, there's, uh, if you, you can't just recite a script to a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon or anything. You can't just, because there's no grace there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're immersed in the Word of God, you have that grace. And that grace is going to come through you through the Lord Jesus when you're in that situation. And being in a couple of those situations, the, the successful situations in my mind has been when I have prayed for those situations. Like in the middle of those situations where you feel this situation coming on you, you're just pausing and praying before you respond and not responding out of pride, arrogance, or justification. So, so what you're saying is like, when you ask the questions, how yeah. do you set yourself up for that circumstance? Yeah. By previously being saturated. Yeah, yeah. 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 Merchant, yeah. 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 Because it's like, you know, I'm more the guy who, when they come knocking at the door, I'll hide, I'll hide, or like, oh, they'll go away, you know? Like my dad, back in the day, we had Mormons show up at his property, and he was behind the, behind his garage, and he came walking around the, with an axe on his back, on his shoulder, and the Mormons never came back. That was right. how my dad handled stuff. <laughs> it was like, leave my property, don't come back. And they obviously never did, because you scared them. But for me, you know, I want to be able to, you know, I guess, do my best to try and save or, you know, at least give some sort of truth to them. Yeah. And not just like, oh, they're here, you know, close it, close the blinds true. kind of a I thing. I have some, some really good close friends with my family. My wife and I, we have some really good friends. They're Mormons, and they're, like, deep in the Mormon church, and they are, like, sold out for the Mormons. And so the best that we can do is just love them. Yeah. Like, we love the relationship more than being right. So we're going to love them. Through, like, we're just going to split. We're just, you know, we don't really, we have an understanding. We're not, you know, we talk about spiritual things and stuff like that, but as for, you know, we don't get into that. You know, it's not for me proving my religion's better than your religion. Yeah. Even though it is. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, you got to have some commentary. you got to love the yeah. relationship more than you got to love because that's the true, I mean, you're showing Christ's love by just loving them, right? yeah. regardless, right? Yeah. Sinners, yeah. Yeah. Sinners, yeah. 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 There's no difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no difference there. We have salvation, yes, but like, love them. So if you kind of take that approach, you want that person knocking on your door. Yeah. Don't just like get away. You know. It's like it's like. I mean, honestly, we're all human and we're all men, and we just we put this guard up. And yeah. Like. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. It's like engage them. Yeah. You know, it's always kind of yeah. taking me for a trip. Is how much uh, the Mormon Church puts its fingers out and tries to shed light into the corners of the world. Like, misappropriately, yeah, the yeah. absolutely, you know. And yeah. so, when Mormons come to my door, and I, man, I've had they have an apartment just a block away, and they cycle through every six months, you know, and you know, Mr. Who and Mr. Who, you know, and they're running around, and they're, it is really convicting. It's like, why am I not doing it? Yeah, right? I, 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 I don't know. I always look at it as like, um, as if I'm like an NFL team and I just picked up a new draft. Mm. I have a set of playbooks that, yeah. that I know is true. Yeah. And they have a set of playbooks that they know is true. Yeah. And I, can, I say, okay, we're going to run a, you know, a sweep to the right. Yeah. They're going to go, they're going to pull the guard, which we don't pull the guard on our sweep. We pull the tackle in our guard. Yeah. And so it's a different play. So you have to look at it as, okay, we're now on the same team because we're both shooting for the same God. We're just on completely different teams mentally 
So how do I alter that without telling you you're wrong? Because mm. they'll go, no, look, my playbook says I'm right. Yeah. And then we go, our playbook is right. Yeah. So I like what you said where you're like, we, we have an understanding that I don't have to prove that mine is better or mine is the right. We just have an understanding in the middle and showing the love of God was more of, he'll meet you wherever you are, even in the deepest pits of sin. Mm. And I really love that about how I've seen you know Jesus in every point he's just he, he'll look past all your sin and just go hey come hang out with me come eat a meal yeah, yeah. eat with me spend time in my presence yeah. you know and, and he doesn't he doesn't look at you as the Mormon or the Jehovah's Witness he looks at you as a lost child of God yeah. whether you're close or far yeah. you're just as lost as you know as the pastor in, in relation to sin mm. because it's it's not a scale of how bad you are. It's a, a one and a zero. Yeah. You awesome. are or you're yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, and it's not our job for... It's not... Their salvation is not our job. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's already been on the yeah. cross for that. Yeah. Our job right. is to represent. Our yeah. job is to like show the Lord. Yeah. Their salvation, that's in the Lord's hands. Yeah. It's your job to represent. Yeah. Exactly, because if you try to prove you're right and, you know, show the bow in their face, it's going to you know, cause a division between... It's legalism. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that interdenominational thing has nothing to do with God. Like religion is made by man for man, has very little to do with God, and has a lot to do with the devil trying to divide us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I grew up in a whole theological, like Christian school, and like the whole rhetoric apologetics thing. It just it it took me a long time because you always you, yeah, dude, you want to prove that you know your little quirk or, you know, idiosyncrasy for theology is right. Yeah. And just like you said, it, it, that has nothing to do with the love of Christ, right? Mm. When was the last time God was trying to, like, argue a theological issue mm. versus, you know, like, being an exemplary example of love? Yeah. 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 yeah that's really good. Yeah, that's good. So, um, just the proof of... Uh, the use of the correct use of the sword uh, is the the example of Jesus in the wilderness with the devil. Uh, therefore, effectively using the sword takes practice. The great example of this is with Jesus combated the devil in uh, Matthew four one to eleven. It says that uh, then Jesus Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterward he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, "If you are the Son of God." command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written, Again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So, as I looked at that verse, and the biggest thing that uh, David Gusick, I used him a lot, but was first he came to Jesus when he was the weakest. 
he didn't wait, you know, he didn't wait until he was like surrounded by his buddies or whatever uh, was when he was it came when he was weakest. The second thing he pointed out was it wasn't a the devil came. It wasn't a he might have come or he was going to come to plan time. No, he had a purpose for being there. Uh, and I was ta- as I was talking to Lucas and, and Paul earlier was the different verses that the devil came at him with were put in a literal point of view or as a spiritual point of view. Uh, and the one verse that he used about the, if you cast yourself down, the angels will catch you, was out of Psalms. And he left out an actual piece of the verse that is found there. So that looking at how, how Jesus handled the devil, um, how can we use that how, from Jesus, like his example, how can we use that against the devil in our lives? I mean, immersing yourself, obviously, in the Word of God is definitely one, one big one. What else can we, I mean, keeping your sword sharpened, right, by studying, is there anything else that we can, as this an example, we can use to combat, I guess? Well, I just think we need to be bold in Christ. I mean, everybody nowadays wants to shy away from being, a, you know, you're a Christian. You're supposed to be spreading the Word of God. But because society and everything is telling you, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, well, crap. You need to go out and be bold for Christ. Mm. And you need to stick it in people's face because, you know what, we're here to save as many as we can before we go. And if you're not bold for Christ, how are you going to save anybody? Or even plant the seed so God can work through you and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost every workforce now, you can't, you can't be doing that in the workforce well, you know, you can drop subtle hints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. little yeah. Jesus seeds aren't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't even know they're there. Yeah, it's like he certainly doesn't always. say. Yeah. correct. You know, this is your command. If it's politically, like if it's tolerable or politically correct, he <laughs> yeah. says this is your commandment. Yeah. Well, and it's, if you're not being bold for Christ, it's like you're ashamed of being a Christian. Yep. That's that's not necessarily like I agree with all of that, hundred percent. But that's not necessarily with words. You know, I mean, that famous Correct. saying is like, preach always and sometimes use words. Yeah. How you live your life and show yourself as a beacon of Christ is more powerful than the words that can come out of your mouth. Far known. Like, how, if, if, you are, if you are known to be different, you're not out partying on weekends, you're not partaking in the workplace gossip, you're not partaking in, you know, just cussing up a storm with the coworkers and stuff like that. If you're known to be different, that speaks volumes above anything you can say because that speaks volumes when you do say something it has more merit to it. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of just conforming to the world and then like having this theology that's different. So just, I think, I think our actions and how we compose ourselves and how we carry ourselves throughout our lives, day to day, minute by minute, that, that is more, that is how you show the difference. You know what I mean? That, that gives you merit to stand on. Yeah. So, like, along with that, like, if you don't mind. Yeah, you're good. So the, 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 there's action by like action and there's like, and there's inaction. So if I don't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a lie, right? You can lie through fabrication or you can lie through omission. Like it's kind of what you were saying, yeah. right? So this is like, like, uh, I think. Oh, no, I, I, I don't want you to misconstrue me there. No, I don't want no. you to say it's like your, your, uh, your, the words that come out of your mouth are going to have more impact on their yeah. actions. Have, not you know. That. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think I'm right along your wavelength when you say, "Hey, listen, I can go along with what is happening, regardless of whether or not you know it's like a direct, like you know, attack against 
my values or my beliefs as a Christian, right? I can go along with whatever's going on, you know, like whatever's happening, but am I, right? Nobody's learning, and I'm not sharing the gospel if I just go along. Not, yeah, I don't. I don't want to go along with what I'm saying. It's like um, not necessarily go along. I think we're saying the same thing two different ways. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't want to argue with you, but it's like uh, I'm not going along. Okay. So when it comes to like my faith and stuff like that, like if somebody if somebody contradicts and like my workplace tells me to do something that is not in line with my faith, I'm going to say hi for that. Absolutely. That's You're, not going. Yeah. That's yeah. not going along with it. But I'm just saying is like when I do stand up for that those years of service I put in before that and how I and people perceive me is going to be more impactful yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. so it's like, yeah. it's like I'm going to stand up for a cause and be like oh he doesn't really you know yeah. it's like yeah it's, it's not worth your actions it's like, not like, even mouthing, mouthing off for years in advance all of a sudden stuff comes like no I don't want to do that it's yeah. because of my yeah. faith it's like your yeah. faith what faith I haven't seen faith yeah exactly it's like what front of you some yeah. You know what I mean? What's it's your like, what's your what's your track record? You, you know, if you're standing up every single yeah. day, if you stand every single day and stand for yeah, what is right. Means don't be passive. Yeah. There's no passivity yeah. inside yeah. that. Yeah. Saying, like, I, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Like uh, that's important. 110. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or God? Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. It was just something that really hit me hard, and like. I think I think it's kind of right along with what yeah. you're saying. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's you. Yeah. If, you, if you're showing fruit, yeah. if, if, you're, your stances are going to be more. Yeah. I think that, that that's normal because when, when you look at how two people communicate, mm-hmm. 90% of the communication is body language. Yeah. And, that, and that's, what, that's, what, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If our body language lines up with what we're saying... It's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's powerful. Deeper, I think it's deeper than that too. I think it's a matter of we see this in sports all the time. Is, is that there's always a star quarterback, right? Yeah. But I may be the fourth string quarterback, and I got to be equipped, and I got to be trained, and I got to be ready to go on that field anytime that those other quarterbacks may get hurt. Yeah. And anytime that I all of a sudden start looking down on myself or start being ashamed of the place that I'm at then ends up being bad for anybody that I'm mentoring down the line below me. And that becomes super bad. Because it does yeah. not just reflect upon you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is that we have to put God at, at the beginning because he's the trainer. It's yeah. not like pastors or these other leaders that we put in our life. It's God himself. Yeah. No one else can take that place. Yeah. So. And I think long, when you get that way, you have to ask yourself, why am I studying what what's my reason for studying? Because I mean, you could study like Stalin did. He had, he had the Bible memorized, but he never applied any of it, so it, it didn't make any difference to him. But if you're studying the Bible to say, how can I apply this to me? Then then you start making an impact yeah. on people. Yeah. It's like a purpose, you know, a purpose-driven yeah. study, a purpose-driven. Uh, yeah. yeah, don't just read, knows it, right? read the yeah. Yeah, right. You know, he's, he's, he's got a, he's got yeah. down pat. He's not so. applying it, you know. He practices, we better. <laughs> yeah, and, and like day. if we're the fourth yeah. string quarterback and we don't align with like, you know, our team or whatever analogy it is, right? We're not sinning against our team. What is it, Psalm 51? It's like, like, like we don't sin against our brothers. We don't sin against whatever. Like our sin is against God. Mm-hmm. I think it's all. Yeah. So, well, Matthew Henry said, uh, 
about the sword of the spirit to uh, to the Christian arm for defense in battle. The apostle recommends only one weapon of attack, but it is enough. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it subdues and mortifies evil desires and blasphemous thoughts as they rise within, and answers unbelief and error as they assault from without. A single text, well understood and rightly applied at once, destroys a temptation or an objection and subdues the most formidable adversary. Um, I read also another book I was reading was, uh, which I love is it, it is it is our it is our highest privilege to be able to study the Word of God and see how it applies to Christian service in modern society, just as it has done societies in earlier days. Just how important it is to to study and to basically be the light wherever you are, that your that your life reflects what your stances are, that when somebody sees you. They don't go, and then you stand up for whatever you believe in. They don't look at your, tra- your track record and go, well, here's the different times you failed. Or how, how you have faith, and like Luke was saying, you have faith, where, where, where is that? Um, and just how important it is to, you know, stand for, for the word of God and for God himself. Um, let's see, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 uh, says, uh, for though we walk, in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, what do you say to the, those churches that, tre- that preach topical sermons or use humanly wisdom to attempt to battle spiritual things to see the truth? I've heard well, it said. I mean, I've if, heard it if, said. If, the, if the topic is needed to be applied, then definitely teach the topic. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think you can teach. I don't think any pastor, any church, anywhere can can teach the whole concept of God. There's just too much there for them to teach. Um, so whether you do it topically, and if, if you do it, if you're as a pastor, if you're teaching topically and your congregation needs that, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. If, if you're teaching topically and your congregation or the people you're teaching don't need that, they need something else, they need to expand on that topic, then you're not doing what's right. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's that's what it is. As you as you if if you are trying to teach somebody something, you start with with the the formula, and and then you build out from that formula, and then you start with with pureed food, and then you start with with. partial bites and and then you finally get to the meat and I think what happens with with the topical churches they get stuck there they they don't move from from feeding the formula to their individuals they they, um, end up just stuck there and I think that's what uh, they don't put the word in action yeah they don't put the word in action and and they don't try to grow 
right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different. There's like, I have a hard time. Like, I, this is kind of an argument between my brothers and I when we talk about this because going to Calvary, you know, go through verse by verse, book by book, and I think there's such great value in that. But I also believe there is value in topical speaking. If those topics are rooted in Christ, if those topics are rooted in Scripture, there is absolutely nothing wrong with speaking, speaking topically. I mean, what are conferences for us? Those are topic driven conferences, right? Yeah. What are the, um, Lee Arnold's conference and stuff like that. Those are topic-driven conferences and stuff like that. I think they have a great value. And where we get where we get um, tied up um, is mostly within ourselves because, yes, you're kind of saying, like, oh, if you're not teaching verse by verse, book by book, you're not on the same level as me because this is what I do. And we have to be very careful about that pride because that those topic churches those are gathering churches yeah like we all started a topic church i started a topic church like i could know yeah. a lot of people who's like i started a life center we started drag that summit we start like these are these are what welcome people and expose people to christ and when the, christ lights a fire in your heart you want more so yeah. you kind of gravitate more towards a calvary chapel you gravitate more to like a theology you know you gravitate more to the like the Teachings. meat and potatoes that you're saying yeah. you get off the formula and you kind of go back to the meat and potatoes but i think we have to be very careful about speaking down or on, on a topic driven church because there's God is still in that church yeah. you know God, they, and people are oh that's a dead church they, no it's not yeah. they love Jesus and who are us to you know what I mean it's like God is in that church and we yeah. have to be careful about that because I mean just because we are wanting to meet potatoes that I mean that's less like criticizing our infant because we're eating so they're still on the formula and then we're here it's just like you know you want to grow those people who are going to get the meat and potatoes but those topics like there's a lot of great topic driven churches you know what I mean yeah. who do that yeah. you know because that's what their congregation seeks and needs and, and, yeah. you know I mean? and, like, and it's on the individual to seek more mm. it's like going to school like sending our kids to school and expecting the teachers to raise our children yeah, Mm-mm. that's not gonna happen. It's our job. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. our job to grow our spiritual wisdom as well, not the churches. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so yeah. Like, you kind of say that's good. That 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 education when you're not around your kids is the catalyst for their questions for you really to be able to teach. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like then you go to these. Like, I went to a Summit Church up on the South Hill for like two, like close to five years. That's an awesome church. Awesome church. They were like. A, welcoming church they are an outreach church right they're an outreach church that's why those outreach churches numbers are so huge right because they outreach they, yeah. they reach the communities they do yeah. a better job at reaching communities than say calvary chapel yeah you know what i mean you don't see the community coming to calvary chapel you see yeah. a lot of base believers coming to calvary chapel yeah in each church has, you know it has some outliers but like each church has their you know their driving factors yeah you know say? those are those are important for us to remember understand it's like yeah there's a growth process yeah you start and where do you take it further right here yeah exactly exactly it's our responsibility to do this absolutely not the churches absolutely that's what i love is waiting for pastor david to say hey chris i need you to do this yeah hey lucas i need you to do this it's our responsibility to step out yeah so yeah that's good i kind of look at it as like I love what you said about the topical churches because I believe there's there's a, a place in the kingdom of God for topical churches and the scripture churches. But I don't look at it as like, this is the meat and potatoes church. I look at it as more like, this is an ingredients church. You have to cook it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You get the tomato, the eggs, you know, the flour, yeah. and you have to make pasta at home away from the church. Because sometimes yeah. I'll sit there and be like, okay, you just read the verses to me. Mm-hmm. which is what I do at home. 
you gave me no way to apply it to my life. You gave me no direction with it. So sometimes I sit there and I'm, I'm really frustrated with it because I'm like, this was great, but I read this at home. I, I just went over this because I can't now go, okay, there's no, or do I just read the next couple set of verses that we're going to read next week yeah. so that I'm ready for what your, 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 spe- your, your speech is and and so it's it's kind of interesting where like on a topical church I really enjoy the fact of I get to go I get to listen to their topic and then I get to go back on my own and go okay here's what here's what I missed from before and after on this one section they chose to make this one telescoping spot of what Jesus is or what your faith should look like Mm. and then I can go and make my own determination of actually no I don't think the way he said that was right but I think what came from God was supposed to be this so that I have I have some time to deduce and understand where at places like Calvary I love because it's very because of things like this you don't get this at a topical church I've been to very very many and uh it just never I never have had this solid experience with uh, a group of uh, other men that want more mm. and that's I, a tall order yeah yeah right and it, that's a lot of responsibility yeah it's but it, it's nice to have both sides of it where I think there is a, a, a reason for it but I wouldn't if somebody asked me is Calvary a is Calvary a scripture for sure scripture verse verse you know church mm-hmm. I'd say mine no um, about 50 to 80 percent of it yeah and then we get a 15 20 minute topical discussion every week of David going on about some some normal sin that's in yeah. life and it's like I wish he would take it either one way or the other where he took that topical part and said, okay, here's the reasons why versus it, it sounds more opinion-based at the end. And that could just be a my opinion uh, of it, but I love, there's days where the, where the word speaks heavy. Yeah. And then there's other days where it's like, okay, it kind of felt flat. Like I didn't, I need more in this here. You get fed enough. Yeah, yeah. And so it wants me to go read more, Yeah. but it's, it, it can be hit and miss for me. Well, I think it's like, like Lewis, Lewis is saying, it's, it's on that person's, you know, it's not on Pastor David to give you, come to church every day for your feel, feel the, of the word, and then you go on and you wait for next week. Yeah. It's your responsibility to take the word of God, go home and study it. Yes, he gives you his notes and his studying. We can't just take his, his words and his studying and go, oh, that's, that's, that's for me. No, it's, okay, John 20, these verses, cool. Thank you, Pastor David, for that. Let's go home now and study on my own and see what God reveals to me through that. The application is on you. It's our responsibility to do this. And I I, I don't know, guys, I'm brand new. I really appreciate this. So, like, thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a hard thing. I'm sorry. Oh, you're go. Go for it, bro. It's a hard thing, too, because you look at it from a point of view of, David's got you know, 30, 40, um, like 60 souls looking at him. Yeah. 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 I mean, 60 souls looking at him for him to present the word how he does. You know, it, it, that's what I'm saying is like, if you study the word God like how we're doing it, topics will come up, right? Yeah. Okay. And then there's a different way of like seeking out a topic and finding the scripture. And yeah. Cherry picking the scriptures. Yeah. Finding the full yeah. 
scriptures that support that topic. And so I, I think there's like a, I understand what you're saying though, because I understand like sometimes it's like, you know, the thing the I thing do. is yeah. you're you're feeling that but the person in the pew across the way yeah. is getting exactly a whole lot so. yeah. Yeah. that's what i'm saying there's like 40 60 people staring yeah. at me like yeah. each one of those people are feeling different about it like so it's like some weeks when they fall flat it's like okay why did we fall flat yeah, yeah. yeah. My convictions are nowhere, they're not very close to your convictions. And so, and like, all these individual souls hearing the same word so many different times, you're getting convicted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of the beauty of the body of Christ. I, I think yeah. I was grabbing it here, you know, when it says, you know, if you're an ear, you know, how can you do it with your foot, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, there is difference. Iron sharpens iron, that's why we're yeah. here. And I don't it's hold like it against awesome. him. I love Dave. But, <laughs> no, we understand. But it's like, whatever. sometimes I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, dude. We're in no, last time. <laughs> this is the last time. Last time here, you're on the group. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get any more text messages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on? Yeah, Guess what? I'm not meeting the rocket anymore. I'll be sitting next to my wife, and she's like digging it. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, that's yeah. my spouse. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. Well, then. That kind of where my where my life is right now. You know, I'm getting ready to retire. I looked and said, "Okay, when I retire, what am I going to do?" And I thought, you know, I always like to build stuff, so I'm going to build. See if I can learn, teach myself to build furniture. So I got whatever tools I thought I would need, and I'm now starting to use those tools. And I'm realizing, man, I don't know any, don't know how to use this tool. Yeah. So I'm just practicing and practicing and making making sawdust yeah. out of pieces of wood. And I'm, I'm having fun. I mean, yeah. but it's the way it is. We should we should do the same thing with with the Word of God. Yeah. We we should, you know we get get it in practice. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever stood in front of a mirror and recited how the, how they would react like if the mormon show up or how you you would lead somebody but you should do that you you should actually practice how you you're going to bring yeah, something you you look in the Bible, how Jesus, he met their needs first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember really one thing that he did. He did something for him first. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, then, I mean, that, that was it right there. Yeah. You know, it's easier if somebody trusts you with the word, you know, what, you, what you're telling them. It's going to be easy to say, hey, brother, you know, I love you, man. What do you need? You know, just five bucks. I feel like they're telling me, give me five bucks. Yeah. You're talking love them first before you bury them with the gospel. Very yeah. 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 strong. Well, on your point, Warren, I mean, it's, you don't get the, get, uh, get the work, get the work, you know, get your wood out and then place all the different tools down and wait for something to happen. You know, it's like put all the different tools out and then post everything on the ground. All right, let's go. And you just wait for it. And it's like, that doesn't work like that. It needs, you know, you need to put and do things. You need to put the work into it and not just wait for something to... And we need, and we need that practice. Practice is the most important thing. It's like, 
I don't know, anything that I've ever done for the first time comes out to be a complete joke and a disaster. And I'm yeah. like, okay, well, now what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, second try. Yeah. And usually the fire pit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's repetition and con- staying constant to that. And, and that consistency leads to, you know, good things. So, yeah. 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 And they say uh, excellence is a habit, not like uh, a characteristics. Like, yeah, like excellence is a habit. Yeah. Chris, I got to love you, buddy. Oh, you good, bro. Yep. Thanks for coming. All right, so. Uh, Go ter- terrorize the rest of the household. Yeah. yeah I got to get home before they get out of bed. <laughs> uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Um. Each individual is judged. You know, the, the Word of God, no matter how, you know, when we use it correctly and we practice it and dive into it, well, you, it's going to pierce you, no matter how hard you might be or how, you know, whatever, wherever you are in your life, when the Word of God is spoken correctly and, and in the right way, yeah, it should pierce you and not, you, not make you feel good in certain situations. So, so yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to add? I mean, for press stop and then pray it out I mean how is God how are you guys using the word of God in your lives not enough yeah <laughs> truthfully I, that's where I stumble is you know I, I do I go to church on Sunday I read my Bible on Sunday but it seems to stop there mm. and it's either something that'll come along during the week that'll be like how to get back in my Bible yeah but why should it take that you yeah. shouldn't. You should already be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, how important it is for my. I found Pilgrim's the Pilgrim's Progress for my daughter. They re re illustrated it, but uh, it's the same story. And it's one of those things that I've always found pride in, making sure that my daughter understands who God is and what He did for us, and reading that Pilgrim's Progress to her every single day uh, two chapters a night before she goes to sleep or getting better at balancing the word off of God off my wife every single day no matter what it is like we're coming home studying this and talking about Jesus and the devil and stuff like that and bouncing it off of her I mean it brings more uh, enlightens me more because she has her own like Lucas was talking about everybody's in their own in their own point in life where they may understand the word of God more like my wife does for me more for me she hits me with more stuff than I did ever reading and studying and stuff like that so it's just interesting how like with this everybody comes in to these groups here and has their own for different points of life and has rather more more or less or whatever and each person gets hit with something as they go and I think I mean I mean, me personally, obviously, I shouldn't be one person who just comes to Sunday and just relies on Pastor David because I'm guilty of that. Get filled with the sermon, then I go out the door, and then, you know, does my life reflect the word that was spoken to on Sunday? Am I relying on Pastor David on Sunday and then Wednesday and then my life like I want to the rest of the week? Or am I being, or am I falling in line with the rest of my people at work and then sitting in my office by myself, keeping to myself and relying on my, where I am spiritually 
Like, oh, I got, I'm going to make it to heaven. It's great. Well, what about everybody else that's around me? So, yeah, that's my conviction. So, so yeah. Um, I think we all sit around the house at certain times going, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah, read. There you go. Yeah. There's a thought. Yeah. Get the Bible. Yeah. I definitely need it more and I've been using it, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that whole thing. Like recently I read this thing about the, the coffee in your cup and what spills out when you're bumped and rattled as a Christian. And because uh, everything lately that's come out hasn't exactly been as Christian. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the only, getting around that has definitely been like studying every single night, being immersed in it every day, every day, every day. If I don't, I notice it in the way I react, the way I act, everything. Being immersed in it all the time. It's a freaking struggle. You're saying, you know, like if I have time, if I'm sitting around, if I'm watching Netflix or whatnot. My little brother yeah. was telling me yesterday, he's like, hey, if you're comfortable, that's not stagnation. That's losing. Yeah. It's like if you're not being convicted and you're not uncomfortable, you're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and dude, like that was just yesterday. And I was like, wow, Ryan. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hold on. So what hit this?